everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. On Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree for everything will be in the podcast description. You guys made it here and you found me somehow, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's been a great weekend, man. Uh, I'm finally back to what I feel is like 100%. I've been getting some decent sleep. I'm exercising again. In about a month here or so, I'm going to be going on vacation to see. My parents, who I haven't seen in a while in Florida, get to spend some time down there with them. I haven't actually been to either one of their places since 18 because I took a vacation somewhere else the, the year after that. And then the last couple of years with the pandemic, I haven't had a chance to go down there and spend some time with them. So I'm really excited about that. So I'm just trying to keep this body looking looking decent um, as I approach my 34th birthday, I don't want to go down there. I'm already going to be blinding people because I'm I'm super white. I'm like a ghost. My skin is pretty much see through. It's it's kind of kind of kind of gross. But uh, but yeah. So with that, I, I just want to make sure that I'm in like decent shape and uh, just try to stave off this dad bod. And again, nothing against you if you're if you're rocking the dad bod out there. You know, dad bods are welcome here at March 4th with Mike Baum, and I'm just trying to do my best to. Uh, to just keep everything toned up and stay in good shape. And it's good for my mind too. Exercise has always been like music. It's always been a positive release for me. And I, I just feel better. You know, I feel more capable when I exercise. So after being sick for a couple of weeks around Christmas and then having COVID at the end of January, about, uh, you know, three, four weeks ago now, it feels good to finally just be back in good shape. And I got a chance to catch up with some friends this weekend. Shout out Dominic and Nicole, who I haven't seen since before Christmas because of the holidays and being sick and everything. And, uh, you know, it's just been a good weekend to kind of recharge and remind myself of just how fortunate I am to have the people in my life that I do and uh, just to be alive and well, man. You know, it's been a tough couple of years with the pandemic and things I've been through on a personal level with a breakup and just a lot of death in my periphery in the last, you know, year and a half, two years. And uh, I just feel like I'm at a place where I can really breathe and you know, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I'm a pretty self-reflective guy, pretty introspective guy, and it's just so weird to me to think that I'm going to be 34. And again, it's not even like, oh, gosh, I'm getting old. Like, I don't feel old, and I don't think 34 is old, but I remember trips that I took down to Dayton with, you know, a couple of my best friends in the whole world, uh, Chad and Dave. Shout out, you guys. I love you. And I just remember you know, listening to Bullet for my Valentine and Avenged Sevenfold and Five Finger Death Punch and going to concerts, going to, you know, hockey games down there when Dayton still had the Bombers or we go to, you know, Cincinnati Cyclones and, you know, screw around at the mall for a little bit beforehand. And, and I just remember how much fun those road trips were. I've always loved road trips. I still love them to this day. And it's so weird to think like, oh my gosh, that was almost a decade and a half ago now. And I am much closer to 40 than I than I am to 20 you know what I mean and you just think wow like like wow for in 14 years from now I'm gonna be 48 which is even more of a trippy thought so I guess I'm saying all that to say that um 
you know, I think I've grown a lot in this past year and, you know, I've, I've gotten hit with a lot of punches and I feel like I've just continued to get back up. And that would be my advice to anybody listening. You know, if you've been through the ringer, you know, in the last two years with the pandemic and you've seen death or heartbreak like I have, or, or maybe it's just other personal struggles that you're going through, just know that you are loved and you have purpose And I encourage you to just continue to get back up. Don't be afraid to seek out help or therapy because it gets better, you know, and that's the thing when we're in it and we're caught in the current and there's wave after wave that's hitting us. It's really hard sometimes to see the light and you're just trying to come up for air, you know, forget tread water. You're just trying to come up for air. And, and I know that there's times where you feel like, man, like, why am I fighting? But Trust me when I say it is worth it to get back up. I I am super grateful for my therapist. I'm super grateful for my family and my friends that have stuck by my side through everything. And I'm grateful for the people who aren't in my life anymore that I had the time with them that I did. So, you know, I just uh, I wanted to say all that at the, the beginning of this thing, man, because mental health is something that you guys know I'm a big proponent of. And I want to see the people that I love be happy, too. And, and I feel like. I'm finally starting to get a place again, you know, after everything that's happened in the last, you know, year, year and a half, uh, where, where I just, I'm starting to feel more like myself and I'm putting myself out there again. And, um, it just felt really good to see some friends this weekend and just kind of be reminded of like, like, yeah, like I'm a good dude. And like, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have the people in my life that I do. And, and as cheesy as it sounds, just getting outside, seeing the sunshine and, you know, getting some fresh air and, uh, yeah, you know, it's life. Enjoy the simple things in life, you guys, and don't give up on yourself and your dreams. You know what I mean? Keep chasing those dreams. Speaking of chasing dreams, this week's episode are guys that I have a lot of respect for as musicians, as dudes. We had a great conversation. They are none other than Caleb Reynolds and Alex Brett of the band Promises Unsaid out of Binghamton, New York, right by the Pennsylvania border. And they're guys that are in like that metalcore vein. So again, if you like heavy music, but you also love melody, these guys bring it all. And, you know, their their music touches on a lot of different topics that I talk about on this show. Anxiety, depression, self-doubt, suicidal thoughts, addiction, abandonment, and, and much more. And I had a great time talking with these guys. Their debut full length just came out. In September, it's called Growing Pains. It's a it's an awesome record. I really love the Smoothie King off of that one. Penitence, uh, Donor, When Gray Skies Turn Blue. Those are some standouts for me. Their self-titled EP came out in 2017, and they've had some different lineup changes, but right now the core four are the aforementioned Caleb and Alex. Caleb is the lead vocalist. Alex plays guitar, and they're rounded out by Adam Gao on drums and synth and Jaden Lynch, who does guitar and backup vocals. And I just really love these guys' sound, and I'm, I'm just super pumped for them. They've got a single that's going to be coming out. When you guys hear this, it'll be coming out this Friday called Mind Play, which is out 225. And um, it's it's got a different feel to it. The music video is really cool. If you're a fan of Promises Unsaid, it's definitely going to be a change of pace for, for you guys, but I think you're going to love it. And the music video, like I said, is is an absolute banger as well. The way that it's shot is so cool. I, I'm just really excited for these dudes. And so I want to shout out again Audrey over at Breakout PR. She's been great to work with. I've had several of her artists on this podcast over the last year or so. And uh, these guys are, are also clients of hers. And, and Promises Unsaid, again, is really bringing it, man. I really like the diversity in their sound. 
the fact that Caleb isn't afraid to go to these places lyrically that are really vulnerable, and also the fact that they can they can you know go between heavy and lighter and melody and bring it all together in a really exciting way. And this was a deep conversation. You know, we talked, excuse me, for for a little bit over an hour. Normally, I don't keep people for more than an hour, but we were having such a good time talking to one another and getting into you know um, you know deeper and darker places when it comes to mental health and depression and you know breakups and those kind of things again we're not slinging mud on this episode that's not what I mean when I said we're going to those places but just we we explore topics in this conversation that I really think will be beneficial to anybody out there whether you're up down uh or or, you know just kind of riding the wave right now I think it'll be really helpful for you and be really interesting and if you're not a fan of Promises Unsaid I really think that you will be after listening to this episode so without further ado I'm gonna show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Caleb Reynolds and Alex Brett of Promises Unsaid. Here it is. Well, Caleb, Alex, thanks again so much, man, for taking the time to do the show. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, as we were talking before, we officially got rolling. Audrey is awesome over at Breakout PR, and I've had the uh, the pleasure of having multiple artists of hers on the show now, and all of them have been great. And I really dig what you guys are doing, man. Um, I'm a big fan of heavy music. I'm a huge fan of metalcore, and um, even even the latest single that'll be coming out like right after this podcast drops, Mind Play. Like you guys switch it up. You go from like really heavy gnarly breakdowns to like awesome melodies and catchy choruses and the new one mind play like i don't want to give too much away because it's not out yet but it's <laughs> it's it's an it's another evolution i think for you guys so there's not even a question in there just to start i'm just geeking out on uh promises unsaid right now but i, I really appreciate you guys joining the show man hell yeah bro we appreciate you having us on yeah, for sure. So just just to take it back and to let people know where you're from, you're from Binghamton, New York, which is on like the PA border, the Pennsylvania border, right? Like I think the yep. the, the closest Pennsylvania town is it or, or like I guess big ish Pennsylvania town is Scranton. Yeah, I guess that would be like the big ish one. Yeah. I mean, there's other like smaller towns like Montrose and stuff like that. And Susquehanna. But anytime anybody asks me like where we're from, I'm like PA New York border. We're like right here. <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of like where i'm from with toledo i always i always do the mitt for michigan because toledo is right on the border of ohio and michigan um yep. but for you guys man when did when did the music bug bite you guys you know as far as um you know heavy music or or, or even if it if it wasn't heavy music to start with do you guys remember that first moment where you're like whoa what's this i gotta i gotta check this out so for me like heavy music is like a spectrum because like I still believe like Creed has some like heavy stuff in it and like Creed is where I started like when I was like six like six or seven but like you know as far as like heavy music with like actual like harsh vocals and stuff like that beside like aside from Linkin Park was you know everybody Linkin Park changed the game for that sense but uh where I started was actually escape the fates dying is your latest fashion when i like first heard that that was like the first album that like i had like pursued on my own that a friend had showed me that i was like okay what is this 
what is this and then like that's where like the bug started and then like I got into like the drama of Escape the Fate and like Falling in Reverse with Ronnie and all that stuff and like I just found so many more bands through that so like that's where I first like got my niche for like the scene and then like once I went to my first warp tour, that was it was over from there, dude. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is like this is something, and this is something I want to be a part of. Like, I literally started the band because, like, because of warp tour. I'm like, yo, I want to start a band, and you know, my biggest goal right now is to play warp tour someday. You know, I want to do that. Obviously, warp tour is no not like a thing anymore, but I feel know. like they'll bring it back though. I feel Someday. like stuff always comes back. You know what I mean? Stuff always, always comes. Like when we were young, fest is pretty much just all of the warp tour bands thrown yeah. up online. Up, you know what I mean? I know pe- it was like so good. I-, I saw people online were like they they were joking around that it might be the next fire fest because it's just like all these awesome bands from that era, and they're like, "Is this even real?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who was the but first warp tour, Caleb? My first warp tour was 2014. It, so who who were the big ones on it at that year when you went? So that year they had the Devil Wears Prada, which was my first was was my first mob fit ever. Uh, some dude looked at me and was like, "Yo, you want to open it up?" I'm like, "I don't know what that means, but sure." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But, but uh, Devil Wears Prada, Falling in Reverse. That was the main reason I was going was because I wanted to see Falling in Reverse and Mayday Parade. Mayday Parade was there too. I wanted to see them. Uh, uh we were kings oh motionless was there breathe carolina uh who else was there did citizen play on that one they're from they're from like my my hometown area toledo in southeast michigan i'm not positive uh so long ago to try to remember but, uh, was there yeah. was there anybody there that um, that you weren't familiar with that you got into after going to Warp Tour that maybe you weren't too aware of their catalog and you saw their live set and you're like oh damn I got to check these guys out yeah like actually Devil Wears Prada like I had never heard of them before I went to see their set and uh, but I only went to their set because like my friends were hyped about them so I was like all right they got to be they got to be dope let's let's do it and then like. I ended up in a mosh pit and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Oh uh, shit. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, listening to, I mean, before the days of YouTube and everything else, I remember sneaking my brother's Slipknot CD whenever their first, you know, their first uh, self-titled came out. And uh, I just sneak off from my brother's rooms real quick listen to the cd really quick they would never let me listen to it and then uh as i grew up my brothers pretty much everything my brothers were into i dabbed into at least a little bit i like dove in uh listen to romstein and marilyn manson my brothers was big into perfect circle tool uh just grew up listening my my household was full of my parents listened to all kinds of different stuff but the first uh, i remember like really grabbing me when aside from Slipknot though that I really got into was Bullet for My Valentine. Oh hell yeah. Uh back when they first really started popping off, I was like, what is this? Uh then I got onto uh, bands like Atreyu, Kill Switch Engage. But I was a uh, I was always drawn to like uh my my father used to show me bands like Rush 
uh you know led zeppelin stuff like that and uh but my dad had like a really broad uh spectrum of music that but guitar wise uh i was like drawn to stuff like joe cetriani and so like when i was growing up i was really big into disturbed i ain't gonna lie that though i really got big into disturbed once their like Ten Thousand fist album came out and uh I was all about it. And so from that moment on, it was just like, man, all the crazy noises he was making on the guitar. I was like, that's that that, I can't get enough of it. And then uh, as they evolved and progressed, it just was from there. But yes, I think it really started with Slipknot, though. (laughs) Yeah. Dan Donegan, I feel like is an underrated uh, guitar player in the the heavy music scene. He's got he's got a lot of riffs in his. uh, not, Not just his riff saladness and just how crazy that you know stricken and stuff like that is but like just how he was able to melodically solo on those guitar you know and just like even though he was shredding and he's ripping it it was just like it had a melody to it though that just grabbed you that you were just like oh shit yeah like what are you doing (laughs) yeah especially on one like stricken i would say like if i gave somebody one song on guitar if they were like what does dan donegan sound like i'd probably give him stricken off of Ten Thousand fists oh yeah definitely because that was whenever he really started playing with uh you know different effects like the his uh i remember his reading on like old magazines i would collect and stuff like that he used to be into like you know some sitar sounds and just like all these different sounds on his pedals and stuff that were just like off the wall like wait what you're do- you're using these but yeah it just sounds amazing and you know just and when you watch them it's just it's mesmerizing so let me ask you guys for people listening to this caleb caleb's a vocalist in promises unsaid and alex plays guitar one of the guitarists the other one being Jaden. um when did you guys first discover like your instrument like you know, Caleb, for you, I'll ask you first, when, when did you realize like, oh, I can, I can sing and I can, can scream. Cause I think people, people who don't understand heavy music, they, I think they just hear noise. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, I think it was Jared Dines um, who had that video where he was like asking people to try to do the Yeah. Try to do the metal scream. And like, people can't, people like, can't ah, do it and then they realize ah, like oh yeah there's it actually takes a lot of talent to do this and not just like tear the bejesus out of your throat but um so caleb yeah. I'll, I'll ask you first when when you discovered your voice and then alex I'll, I'll get into the to the guitar with you when when you picked up guitar so when i first discovered my voice um i come from like very christian roots like i was raised like in the country christian we went to church every every sunday uh, if I had a friend over, the friend came with me to church every Sunday. Uh, so like music was actually like always in the church. So like they make you sing like the choirs and, you know, all the hymnals and stuff like that. So like music has always been like around me, but I never really found my voice till probably like around like middle school. And that's when uh, American Idol was really popping off. Yeah. And when American Idol really like my family would sit down and watch American Idol together and like everybody there would be like Caleb you gotta be the next American Idol we love when you sing and I was like that doesn't seem possible (laughs) (laughs) you know so I would go through high school singing all the time like it, it just became like thing that made that i did that made me feel safe you know what i mean 
through high school and all that. I'd go around singing like Chip Skylark, my shiny teeth and me and make girls laugh and stuff like that. And then when I got to like senior year, I actually started rapping. And while I was rapping, I'd also like do like the hooks and stuff and like start like singing on the hooks and stuff like that. But I never really found like my core vocals until I met my buddy at Joe Bell. He actually like was one of the main people that actually like brought me into the scene and was like, yo, look at all, look at all this stuff. Like, I understand you're here right now, but there's like so much. And uh, I started singing like to more like band stuff, like Secondhand Serenade and Mayday Parade. And, you know, from there on, it was just that. And the funniest, th funniest thing is, is like, you know, people are always like, oh, when you, I learned my screams from like Whitechapel or something like that, like something hard. Bro, I learned how to scream from Mayday Parade. <laughs> just say you're not into it. There's like this, like, just moment where Derek lets out like a belty scream. And that's where I found my first like break in my voice. And I'm like, there it is. There's the noise that I've been <laughs> wanting to make for so long. There it is. And then from there on, uh, I just kept experimenting it with it. Uh, I started going back and forth between cleans and screams. And then, you know, my buddy Edjo Bell is actually who I started Promises on set with. Obviously, he's not in the band anymore, but uh, he departed before we recorded our first EP and me being the, oh, I've always had this like hustle mentality. Like I got to get it done regardless. So like, I don't care who's standing next to me. I got to get this. We got to get this done. We got to, we got to think of the band. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, no worries. Like, I think I know his parts enough. If not, I can make up, make up the parts from ourselves so our first EP was actually like the first time I'd ever like screamed into a microphone or, you know, sung choruses into a microphone either. So, and then it's just been like a building experience from there, honestly. Oh, wow. So it was like the, the Mayday Parade stuff when you discovered like the, the scream, were you like in your car? Were you at home? Like when, when oh, you were singing? in my car, bro. Yeah. <laughs> every, every vocal I've ever learned has been in my car my car is where i found my peace dog <laughs> by my it's like the one place that i get to myself by myself with no other judgments around me you ever pull up to a stoplight and just be like full into it and get get some weird looks like <laughs> every <it's> day <laughs> every day <laughs> so alex what about you man what was the um you mentioned that first slipknot record but were you oh, were you picking Whenever, up guitar at that time or, or did your dad play you mentioned he he had a lot um, of different records right when i was growing up my dad had a, had some guitars and stuff like that uh i pretty much apparent i i mean like looking back at old photos and stuff i've always had a guitar like in my hands i guess or around me um but when i was growing up uh i lived down south and uh, i i always had like i had a viola i had i played with some like my brother's cello and stuff uh played with some instruments here and there uh but there were like i said there was always music like the beatles 
uh, Tracy Chapman, uh, all kind of just a different range of music that was always in my house from my brothers to my sister being into, you know, uh, you know, stuff like Spice Girls and whatever, you know, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yeah, and then my mom. yeah my my mother was into her Janis Joplin, uh, Willie Nelson, Pink Floyd was a big one that was a favorite of my my parents. My dad was always into stuff like Rush, Led Zeppelin. So I just always had like a big range of like every kind of music that was you know because almost everybody in my house was into something different. Yeah. And uh, so as I grew up, though, uh, what really stuck out to me was uh, players, like I said, like uh, I remember Tony McAlpine, Steve Vai, Joe Cetriani, but like, uh, you know, Mick Thompson from Slipknot for me, for some reason, was just like, you know, like I was just like the stuff he was doing, you know, the sounds and everything that he was making. Uh, but I remember I got my first guitar at a pawn shop. I went down, uh, my parents had separated. I lived in New York and my parents lived in, uh, and uh, my mother lived in Tennessee. And I went down to visit every, you know, every once in a while. And I, my brother had moved off. He was on his own, lived in his own apartment and stuff. I went to visit him. Hadn't seen him in years. So, you know, it was nice to go see him, but he took me to a pawn shop and I bought my first like guitar. And it was like this just crap of a guitar with a just the crap of the crappiest and i just remember picking it up in like stuff like system of a down aerials uh just i mean i i could play it relatively easy but it it, it was a lot of stuff like system of a down everything that just like once i started to kind of learn bits and pieces of what different musicians were doing on the guitar it was just like it was like a a drug at that point of just I'm addicted to this thing even though you know music and singing and stuff like that had always been a part of my thing but strings for some reason is just like him that's my safe place that's you know I, when I go when I'm when I'm needing my time uh get some emotion out or anything like that it's just the guitar has always been right there but uh really started out at that pawn shop really <laughs> sorry for my cat by the way <laughs> no it's all good man is is it a boy or a girl cat it's a girl her People... name's elisana belisana elisana like the band oh elisana okay <laughs> well really they're elisana but elisana uh, yeah, <laughs> prettier i i had an orange tabby growing up uh charlie and at, at the time i had to put him down i had him uh like half my life from like 13 to 27 he's a, he's a dope cat man um and then there was bronson too that was my stepdad's cat they would follow the sun around the house cats are cool man people listening cats. to this if you're dog people you don't like cats i don't get it just love all animals love all animals he's a cool now and he's goofy as hell <laughs> so so alex what was the do you remember like the first song you learned on guitar like the, from oh yeah front to, front oh, I, to back? Could, I can remember the very first song i ever learned and i never really the first song I ever learned front to back, uh, that's a tough one. But as far as the first song that I ever actually learned on the guitar was, uh, 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 was Queen's Reich, Silent uh, Lucidity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just 
I remember when I learned that it was like right after that, I learned some uh, Jimmy Page, some, you know, uh, uh, Cashmere. And just like my, my, I remember just my parents and stuff like at that point in time, like they're like, oh my God, like you, like you're playing it. Like, and it, like YouTube, <laughs> it just came out. So like the YouTube was really just starting to pop off. And so you could literally just go on YouTube and look up somebody playing, you know, instead of just listening to the CD or whatever and, and, and being in awe of it, it was like game changing to all of a sudden be able to be like, oh, that's how they're doing it. And then you could literally just hit repeat, replay, 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 and just play it and play it and play it until finally you're like, oh, okay, that's where those notes are. So it literally started there of like, uh, before it was just like Mal, I'm I'm just sitting in my room, just like bring, making, you know, noise. making noises and probably irritating my family. But at the time, then all of a sudden YouTube comes out, and then you could literally watch people and how they did these sounds, and it was just it was from there. It was uh, silent lucidity. I remember uh, Cashmere was a big one I stood and then I started to get into like guitar world magazines and then I you know you could literally look at the tablatures you know and you know ever since Eddie Van Halen changed the game and you were able to literally look at just numbers and math and I've always grew up like I was really big into math as a kid and then once numbers were applied instead of these you know weird symbols and let's face it not all of us have the luxury to really have the teaching uh, tools accessible at the time to like learn sheet music uh, it was like just like the fact that the numbers were there that made it so simple and so easy to just dive in and like replicate what it was that it showed on paper it was just over from there but I remember uh, I guess Dan Donegan wrist uh, 10,000 fists uh, being one uh, I was big into uh, Demubor gear. Uh, they had, you know, I learned some of their stuff, Rammstein, and it just, uh, but I remember like the, ha the hu hassle of like the, and the hustle of like once, you know, you're playing some, something or whatever, and you get like really into it, and then all of a sudden like your guitar breaks or something, you know, or, and then you have to get a new one, or you end up having to, as a, you know, growing up, you, I've been gone through so many guitars having to sell them and get them back. That's a fact. But just as a guitarist, especially just, uh, I've always had though, uh, for like, I've, I've never been able, like I've had all these expensive guitars or whatever that were like, you know, as far as poor man expensive is concerned, you know, up to a, up, upwards to a thousand dollars, you know, you have these guitars and those somehow seem to come and go, but yeah, I've had this $75 guitar that I acoustic that I just can't get rid of apparently. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's just always like I've had, that's, it was an Epiphone. I don't remember. I don't know anything else about the maker model. I just remember I was walking by a guitar store and $75 in the window. And I was like, man, I haven't had a guitar in like a while. I'm just going to get it. And I've been, I've had it since for years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how those ones like um, stick with you. Like I remember when I got rid of, and, and I, I can't play worth the crap. Like I'm not a musician at all. And I, especially here in Nashville, I know people who probably listen to the show consistently are tired of me saying this on like every show when I talk to musicians, but um, I'm just like a bedroom, like noodler. And, and, but I, the first one I had was a, a Schechter, um, 
it was a Damien six. I remember it had like mother of pearl bat inlays on it and stuff. It was a very super, like it was overtly a heavy guitar. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I've had, I've had a dime bag Daryl shape, you know, looking series and stuff like that of like, you know, some Dean vendettas and uh, all these different guitars and everything, but Hey, we'll say something about us bedroom noodlers though, is that's what I was and still am. I will always be a bedroom noodler whenever it comes to the guitar. <laughs> oh, well, I cannot, I, Christ. I, I, listening I to you guys, to like... I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere close to, to the ability level. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even classify as like a, a novice, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always guitars always fascinated me, but like you're talking about with having, um, you know, like a $75 guitar or whatever that, that you still love and keep. I mean, Eddie Van Halen's yeah. guitar. I mean, he, he like made that, you know, that the famous yeah. guitar with the stripes on the Frankenstein guitar, like he, he like, yeah. like built that himself. And I think, I think James Hetfield's um, like his, I think it's a white flying V that he's had since like they recorded kill them all. It was a, it was a knockoff. It wasn't, I don't even think it was a real like Gibson or whatever it was, you know, but he loved the way that it felt and it played, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. the same thing with That's the same thing with us, bro. Yeah. Like literally uh, I tell, I tell all my guys like, cause growing pains, I, I recorded like 90% of it, like guitar wise. And it was all done on a $200 Mitchell guitar from guitar center. <laughs> nice so it's, not, it's not like the highest quality or anything but it, it sounds good done. you know what i mean like if yeah. it sounds good and it gets the job done it, it does the deal man you know what i mean yeah so so like, so, so transitioning into that with growing pains man <clears throat> excuse me that was y'all's first full length right um because yeah, the, the first full length the self-titled ep came out in 2017 and there's some bangers yeah. on that one too um but growing pains I really feel like is a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like front to back, man. I, I I don't feel like there's any weak tracks on there. Like I, I really love, I mean, the opener, the smoothie King is great. Uh, uh, we we got to talk about that music video too. That was a lot of fun watching that. Um, uh, we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> and then uh, penitence donor. Uh, and, and when gray skies turn blue, I mean, the beginning of when, gray skies turn blue is like ridiculously have i mean like i that's i i love that like i just listen yeah. to that like i just nerded out so much listening i'm like oh my god that's great but those are probably like <laughs> some of my favorites on that on that album but um but you know talk to me a little bit about like just the the process of of making that record because i know when you guys recorded it it was with, was it with randy pascarella yeah so actually the first ep is with randy too Oh, cool. To cool. show like not only our growth, but Randy's growth as well. Like it, the first EP was Randy as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's worked with a lot of, uh, a lot of great artists like uh, In Shallows I've had on the podcast. I know, yeah. I think he mixed their uh, Beneath the Surface <clears throat> EP, If I Were You, Saving yeah. Vice, The Dudes in Saving Vice, Currents. But um, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about uh, Growing Pains, you know, and just uh, lyrically, I mean, there's, there's obviously some some themes going on there. And even before we recorded, we were talking about, you know, anxiety and OCD and things like yeah. that, that, that we struggle with, but um, just the process of putting that record together. I mean, did that start before the pandemic? Yeah. So actually growing pains, growing pains in itself, like the title of it is 100% what that album was. It was just 100% growing pains for the band. Like, 
we started with the first single three years before we actually even released released the full length the single of uh, when gray skies turn blue completely different band it was me our drummer adam and uh our old bassist steve we had pulled my friend kyle on who was like 18 but we still needed to fill a guitar spot you know what i mean and we were just you know making it work because that's always always been the motive of promises Sunset is just make it work make it work we got to make it work with what we got we got to make the most of what we got with what we got and uh so once we released when gray skies we had played a show with i set my friends on fire and it it was just a disaster and a lot and that caused this band to kind of like spiral a little bit and then you know i had just like kind of like taking it over at that point i was like all right like if you guys aren't going to do anything like i still want to do something with this name let's keep let's keep put i'm going to keep pushing so i regrouped i picked up i moved my bassist steve to guitar and then my drummer adam had ended up quitting so i replaced him with another another drummer and then hit the studio again and recorded uh leaving answers and then we released we had released that so we were like all right like we got to keep moving we got to keep moving we ended up going on a we ended up going on a little small tour uh for leaving answers and uh after that the pain the pandemic hit because we had added a guitarist as well in that time frame his name is tyler <clears throat> a good friend of mine added added a guitarist then and then pandemic hit that guitarist had only played one show with us and then the pandemic hit and he was like all right i'm out and then we regrouped i got my guitarist Jaden on with us uh because my drummer my ex-drummer adam had come on to play bass for us and he still wanted to be a part of a band because he was missing writing metalcore and then after all that band drama and all that stuff uh, we ended up releasing vestigial structures then more drama happened and <laughs> my drummer cam ended up leaving so my bassist adam who or my drummer now adam who was playing bass decided to hop back on drums and it was me Jaden. And then we had finally pulled on Alex. And we had been about, about done with writing the album at that point when we had pulled on Alex. So Alex hadn't actually gotten to put in two Growing Pains, but he still got a part of being like celebrating Growing Pains and like touring and playing show dates with us. And then had to learn all the shit. Had to learn all of the shit within like <laughs> less than two months. <laughs> so like he kind of got just got just like hit on the head with that one. And then but we got it, we regrouped again. Me and Al had started a side project called Tragic Intent for a little bit because 
he had initially wanted to be in the band the same time Jaden had come into the band, but there wasn't an open guitar spot at that point. And uh, once we lost Tyler, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll just come back, come into the band. You already know, you know, most, most of the material at least. I mean, you can learn the other stuff, right? It's like, oh yeah, dude, that's what I want. And uh, so Tragic Intent got put on like a side burner. So, and we had already scheduled a studio trip to go to the studio and record some stuff with Tragic Intent. So we were like, all right, let's forget about that right now. Let's stay focused on promises unsaid. This is, this is what's making the moves right now. We need, let's, let's just focus. Yeah. Uh, and that studio trip is actually what had Mind recorded Mindplay and our next single that's going to be after Mindplay as well. And this next album that we're working on, it, I want is just mind blowing, honestly. I love every track that's on this next one too, just as much as I love what's on Growing Pains. And is the next one going to be with Randy too? Yep. For people listening, Pascarella Recordings is is uh, his studio, but it's Randy Pascarella. But so the so the band right now, Caleb, it's you on vocals, Adam Gow on drums and synths, right? And then yep. Jaden Lynch plays guitar and does backup vocals. And then, and then Alex yep. obviously plays guitar as well. So it's, it's just a four piece right now. Yep. Just a four piece right now. Alex does some backup vocals too. And, and I'll regroup on the whole like growing pains writing process. Like he was still there. Like, cause I work with this motherfucker. Like <laughs> it's not like I'm not going to show this guy what I'm working on. Like when, yeah, yeah. you know, so like he was there like through the whole writing process I'll literally i like i mean because we work together yeah. there are some days to where he's yeah i'm listening to what he's doing and i almost joined but he you know didn't have a spot whenever i first opted to join and uh so i just patiently was like okay no problem well we still ended up chilling and we came up with that side project for a little bit but then while every day he's coming to work i'm all like hyped about stuff writing stuff too because this is what i'm all about and then he comes in, he's like, yo, check out what I did on this. And then he's just like, so he'd give me his iPod, you know, his AirPod and he has his AirPod. And we're just like, I'm like jamming out it while we're working and stuff like, oh, dude, this stuff's sick, you know? Like, And uh, so I did what I naturally do also because of growing up the way I did with, you know, learning Disturbed and all that kind of stuff. I was I was going home and I was pretty much figuring out what he was doing, you know, like listening to it. I'm going home and I'm like, what was he doing on that part? Okay, I and then just kind of meddling, fixing it out. So after a while, it was just like, yo, just just send me the stuff, bro. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I just want to jam it anyways. Like whether I'm a part of the band or not, just send it to me. Let me jam it. Uh, it's it's fun for me to just jam out. And uh, yeah, so I that's by by the time that he, you know, I jumped on, it was just like, this is just like, yeah, lock and key at that point, man. Yeah, it was just like fine tuning, but but then yeah, we ended up screw it let's just record some stuff and now that's just how we do it and well you made you made it in time for the band to be in the music videos though right like you were in uh growing pains and um and the smoothie king right you're in both of those alex yeah yeah both of those too i mean that's the thing is like he he i pretty much was sitting next to him and he's just like ah and it's another you know it's it it fell apart again there's more drama i just looked at him i was just like well 
I'll whether it'll last or not. I'm a dad and I got my responsibilities, but I'll I've never had an opportunity like this present itself. So you know, I'll do I'll do it. I'll do my best. And I just I, know, I guess I was able to show that I could do it. And yeah. the music video came up, and I'm just like, okay, let's do it. And yeah, that was. <laughs> Was that your first time being on camera? It was my first time being on camera. Uh, the first show I ever did was with it was with this guy. You know, we played at the Bundy Museum Annex Theater. Uh, yeah, I had never done anything like this. I just like I told you, I uh, no shout, no putting down us bedroom noodlers. That's all I did was, you know, I I I would go home at night and i'd play video games and stuff like that quite a bit but more or not especially once i put my son to bed it was just i was sitting on the guitar headphones on i'm just you know like a little goblin over in the corner just (laughs) i guess that's that's honestly like what really hit hits home with me like him saying like this this is like his first band and stuff because this is my first band too like you know yeah so, so yeah it's, it's all just pains. been a learning experience yeah that's and that's growing the growing pains of it is just that when we shot that video and then smoothie king was actually shot the day after oh yeah we were up until like six o'clock in the morning from what time in the day we started we got up there at like three May, and then May, we but, left the mountain at like six because we shot growing pains in a rock quarry <laughs> yeah and uh so after shooting that then he had to run back and the next day uh go to this skate park to shoot fit smoothie king yeah like, to shoot that video and it was just by, by that day it was, and it was my first time ever doing that so like i'd never okay let like what an initiation that hard <laughs> <laughs> i had never jumped around and like moved around and stuff like that with uh, especially with my gibson that i used in growing pains which exactly. is a heavy guitar yeah uh it just was like the next day at the smoothie king it was just it was that i was beat i was like i'm only i'm just maintaining just (laughs) well you couldn't tell by the video man i mean they both they both came out great like visually the way they're shot and just the vibe of them um they look really good man and and so does mind play like i don't you know i don't i don't want to give too much away with with mind play um other than that you guys did film that one at uh bunny museum of, of history and art too right Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, cause, cause w- what Audrey sent me, it was like YouTube. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh word. Did they put the music video out already? It's like two weeks before the single. And then I'm like, I'm like, Oh no. And and again, it's just like my, my bird brain. I'm like, Oh no, man. Like you can see it because she gave, <laughs> she gave you like the PR booklet for it, but no, nobody else could see this yet, but it, it turned out really awesome. Like it, it's, yeah. I, I really, <laughs> I really liked it. I mean, all the music videos turned out great, but the way that is shot, it's, um, the only thing that I'll give to people without giving it away is it's got like a cinematic type vibe to it for sure. The way it's shot. And it's all shot in one take. One take. One take. Yeah, that's what's up, Alessana. <laughs> yeah, you tell yeah. Get on the mic. Yeah, the one thing I will say that 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 video, we I mean, we went into it with one idea and then came out with something totally different. And, you know, that... I think it kind of shows in the in the aesthetic of the video yeah. that I mean I ain't gonna lie we were stressing a little bit yeah we were stressing and it's kind of and it was kind of fitting because we also had to do that shoot while we were in the midst of a 
not too great ice storm oh dude we had to lug all of the gear into the museum um a sheet of ice everywhere dude on every oh, man everywhere every step every like road, pavement every, every road was lot. ice yeah it's just a sheet of ice everywhere Jeez. like you could so everybody's trying to carry all this gear town. and we're just like uh just don't <laughs> drop it because that was just recently you guys shot that right was it january yeah, January mm-hmm. is when we shot it. And, and is that and, with uh, the same company that did the other videos? Yep, Seven Side, our buddy Eric. Um, the wizard. But uh, going back to the shoot, uh, we actually had our bassist, Dan, because we, we were a five-piece, like literally to the day before the shoot. Uh, he had ended up quitting over overnight, like literally at like 10 o'clock at night, the day before the music video shot. So we're like, all right, this is childish. Let's keep going. Like, you know, we got to just keep focused. We got a music video shoot. We're partying with a video videographer right yeah, now. He's literally as he's, here as right he's now, so we can't. So <laughs> we can't. It's not like shooting. we could back out of this, which we wouldn't anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me. I mean, not 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 to get into like the you know, the band drama stuff and everybody goes through it. You know what I mean? I mean, if you go and look at like a lot of, a lot of bands that are around today and you go look at their Wikipedia or whatever, and and granted anybody and their brother for the most part can go edit Wikipedia, but there's, there's several bands that are around today that have a lot of staying power and you look at their past members and there's a lot of them, you know what I mean? And they're still, and they're still making music, but um, you know, Caleb, I, I read that you're, you're the founding member, right? Like, like promises unsaid is, is your, is your baby. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess to put a positive spin on it, I mean, what have, what have you learned from these experiences just with people coming and going? Like, it sounds like at least with a few of them, like you're, you're still cool with at least. So, I mean, Oh yeah, I honestly, every single one of them, I'm still cool with. It's just, you know, it didn't end up working out, you know, just like every single relationship that you'll have in your life. If you keep going at a certain relationship soon, it'll become toxic. And, yeah. you know, when it comes toxic, to the business that we're trying to create right now, all parties have to realize like, okay, like this, this is not going to work. So like what I've learned for most of it is to run your band as a business. Uh, Just like, you know, hiring for your job, you're not going to keep doing a good, you're not going to keep your job if you're not doing a good job. You know what I mean? yeah so yeah that's how that's how you have to treat it like we're trying we're trying to hustle we're trying to make this our lives like we're trying to get paid off of this we're trying to build a career out of this we're trying to turn this into a business everybody has to be on page and everybody has to be pulling their weight and like i i felt like i've spent so many years just like letting people be in the band and you know saying like oh or like pulling them back to the band because i'm like i really like you as a person you know i know you i know times are hard right now and we're having our disagreements but you know we gotta we gotta stay together and playing playing the babying our childs you know what i mean as like parents would say like babying the child almost just like way too long so like once you figure out like your worth and what you want to do, everybody else around you will follow regardless. 
Like once you actually have a full flown, full fledged vision and you strive to, you know, gain the respect of your peers for that vision, people, people will follow and people will respect that. And it's all about instilling that into your teammates because no band, no artist, no pop star has ever made it without a full team ever. And I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like when, when, when you hear that old quote, um, you know, somebody says, Oh, I'm a self-made man. Like I, I never really bought that. Cause I'm like, at, at some no. point or another, even if you had a vision, you still had to have somebody buy into it or take a chance on you. And like you're saying in terms of a band, like it can't be, it can't just be one person. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be everybody as a unit. And there's, you know, and there's bands too, that there's just a synergy that they have when they're together. Like I literally got chills because the first time I had seen corn, it was when Brian had Welch wasn't in the band anymore he had left and yeah. i saw them at um it was back when uh, mayhem fest was still a thing we were talking about warped tour earlier i don't i think May mayhem fest isn't a thing anymore either but it was like a couple yeah, years in the mayhem and it was like it was lamb of god uh death punch corn um and rob zombie those were those were the ones playing the main stage and corn was awesome like they were they were amazing yeah. Um, and, uh, and I love, I love monkey too. Uh, I mean, monkey and head to me are one of the best guitar duos ever. Like, you know, anybody can challenge me on that. Like, I mean, anybody who's playing a down tune seven string owes corn a sandwich, you know what I'm saying? Like they were the first ones <laughs> to really, fact. they were the first ones to really take that Steve Vai seven string and just yeah. get that low end on it. You know what I mean? So yeah. nobody should be dissing corn, but I say all that to say, three years ago uh, when they were touring on the nothing, they did a co-headlining tour with Alice and chains. And I got a chance to see him here in Nashville. And, and one of my favorite, it's my sick. favorite corn riff, but one of my favorite riffs ever, ever is here to stay just that dun, 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 dun. It's so heavy. The groove <laughs> is really amazing. Is. And they opened with that and they had a curtain that came down, like right as they kicked into it. And dude, I got chills because just seeing that synergy of, of monkey, and corn, uh, you know, monkey and, and head playing together in corn and yeah. feel, feel these bass. Like there's just, there's no other, like you can find amazing musicians and, and they did, they had great, you know, guys that would come in and, and, and play those other guitar riffs. I, I know at one point, uh, another one of my favorite guitarists, Clint Lowry from seven dust, uh, him oh, and John Connolly, yeah. same thing, John Connolly and Clint Lowry from seven dust, very underrated guitar duo. One of my favorites ever. I know Clint was playing with them for a little bit. Um, when head was, was, was not, you know, part of the band anymore before he came back, but there's just something about the synergy of, of monkey and head together that on their own, they did great stuff. Like I love the love and death side project, uh, that, yeah, that the, head like, has too. But so, yeah, what you're saying, man, is like, it's very true. The chemistry of a band, there's just certain sounds that, yeah. you know, a certain group of guys have together that, that like, you know, exactly. it's, it's just, you know, so and for, like, so for you guys now, oh, sorry, go ahead. But I, I, I was going to say um, for you guys now, just real quick, like, I mean, do you feel like the, the chemistry of the group that you have now is, is, is where it needs to be? Oh, 100%. Like, this is the chemistry that I've been searching for since I started Promises Unsaid. Honestly, it's just like three other dudes that finally understand the hustle mentality and like the no bullshits mentality. You know what I mean? And I'm fucking grateful for it. 
Yeah, I, I apologize too. I, I realized now I said, sorry, go ahead. And then I just like kept talking. <laughs> you're good. But... <laughs> I kind of I lost my train of thought after after that. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. You're good. No, I try, I try my best not to step on people, man. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to, to kind of come full circle with it then, I mean, Growing Pains, that was, um, that music video was really heavy too. Like, talk to me a little bit about uh, just lyrically with this record, man, just kind of the place you were coming from as far as the, the themes on this album. So like, obviously, like after a while, there was COVID involved, but I mean, I, there's a lot of like trauma with one of my axes. So that's where uh, when Gray Skies Turn Blue came from. I just wanted to write a freaking hateful breakup song. And for whatever reason, I'm good at writing hateful breakup songs. <laughs> but um, we as a group, you know, we as a population, we all struggle with mental illness whether it be, you know, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, all of that shouldn't be hidden behind curtains. It is very human. And if not, it makes you more human to feel that way. So that's really what I wanted to convey with growing pains is like, you know, I'm feeling this type of way. And I don't know if I put this out here. There are other people that are feeling this type of way too so like songs like vestigial structures where like where i say like lyrics like time's fading and i'm spending all my nights contemplating and that just really instill felt like i was instilling like yo like i'm thinking every night like I'm depressed as fuck and I'm going to wake up t- tomorrow depressed as fuck <laughs> and I'm wake up the next day, you know, why, what am I going to do it for? Why, why am I here? And well, COVID especially, didn't COVID especially to like pull you away from all of, all of your, all of, especially me being like a super extrovert, pulling, pulling away all of those, like, you know, releases that you get you know like when you see live music and you feel live music and when you get to go outside and skateboard with your friends go down go to the freaking mall and hang out go to you know a bar and hang out it strips all that away and shoves you right in your little hole so i was feeling very suppressed and i felt like a lot of other people were feeling that too so lyrically most of the album is is pointed inward and you know it's like a confession like uh, I'm feeling all of these emotions and I know my peers my bandmates are feeling all of these emotions too or else they wouldn't tell me that they like my lyrics or like like my flow you know what I mean yeah so why not put it out there? Why not put it out there? Why not talk about it? Why not reach some hearts? Yeah, I'm glad you did put it out there, man. Uh, like I said, from front to back, I really enjoyed it. And, and like I was telling you guys, even before we hit record, and I've I've slowly opened up more and more about it as I've done this show. 
Cause like you're saying that, you know, for me, the goal is connection, you know, like, um, exactly. I do this cause I love to do it, but the show is not about me. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah. it's about the, the artists that I have on the show and, and I hope that I can just be kind of like steering the ship, you know, as far as the conversation, yeah, or, man. you know, being, just being planting seeds. That's, that's what you're doing right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, seeds. so that's why, that's why I try Like I said, I know I can talk, but I try not to step on people, man. And I'm sorry that I, I, just kept going a few minutes ago. I got all excited talking about corn, but, but staying on like anxiety and stuff, man, like I've, uh, I've, I've opened more up about it on the show. Like it's something that it's something that I've had since I was a kid. Um, you know, and there's definitely some of it in my family for sure. But I mean, when I look, even when I was a kid, I, I had some weird, some, some obsessive compulsive tendencies. Um, yeah. But then, but, but I also struggled a lot with panic attacks, you know, where that, that, that old fight or flight, you know, yeah. and, and you get that warm rush. And for me, it was always, it always started like head to toe and I could just be sitting and everything would be fine. And then yeah. all of a sudden it would hit me and I'd be like, I got to get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? And yeah, as I've gotten older, really I've learned like what my triggers are. Like, I know if I'm super exhausted, um, yeah. if I've just completely worn myself down, it's, it's the minute where everything stops where it's like, I'm not moving anymore. I'm, you know, cause I've yeah. been going, going, going and going. And then it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be sitting down having a good time. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, Shit. you know What's what I mean? This? And so, and, and then it's weird. It's like, and, and I think they kind of talk about this a little bit is like, um, you know, for me, then what I would start to do, like, I would start to avoid, like I got, I got sick at a restaurant and had a bad panic attack when I was a kid. So then like I associated like going out to eat with like that experience or like being around crowds. Like I didn't want to be around crowds. Um, So like getting sick was the worst thing. And then as I got older and and got into therapy and stuff and um, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say like, I'm, I'm still, you know, I've gotten back into therapy. I think the pandemic for me too, like relating to like what you you guys are saying, like, being in isolation, I think in some ways exacerbated a lot of the stuff. Cause as much as I enjoy my alone time, like it's a difference. Like I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. Like you said, you're a really extroverted extrovert. I would say I'm like an extroverted yeah. introvert. Like I enjoy c- talking with people, like doing stuff like this. Um, but I also really enjoy like, and I'm sure like you relate to this too. Like you enjoy your downtime and your alone time, but when it's, yeah, when it's forced still- isolation, and like you said, all those other things that you normally can do, you can't do anymore. I think it yeah. really kind of, it kind of took things to like 11 for me. Um, so yeah, man, I guess it just in my rant, like I think um, just being older now, like I, I know what my triggers are, but I also know That's that of, avoiding things doesn't help it. It almost, it al- almost reinforces your fear. If you're afraid to fly and you never get on a plane, you reinforce that fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. if you're afraid of crowds and you never, you know, you, you never get around crowds, you just, yeah. you enforce that fear by not going around it. So it's like exposure therapy, I think in some ways for Yo. me has helped. Oh, too. exactly. <clears throat> just want to say that you are a very, very great person. And I'm very proud of you. You know, doing stuff like nine people out of 10 would never go to a therapist, including myself. So the fact that you love yourself, the point where you think you want to fix yourself. I tip my hat off to you, brother. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I I would recommend it. Do do not never, ever like. Never, ever. I don't know how what I'm trying to say, how I'm trying to say it, but don't doubt 
the fact that because you're going to therapy is a bad thing. I feel like this world doesn't want people to get therapy. They don't want people to get their mental health fixed and they don't want they want people to be scared to talk about their own and they want people to be scared to talk about it do not never be afraid to talk about your mental health man and never be afraid to put it out there well i I appreciate that man because yeah i I feel like especially as men like we're three dudes talking right now there definitely is is a stigma attached to it and like i don't know how you guys grew up but like the way i grew up it was uh very much like you know hey boys don't cry and like you know talk about your feelings and be a man yeah and you can only suppress that stuff for so long before it just it pops off in a really negative way you lash out at somebody you lash out at yourself so that's why like for me like heavy music was my therapy like my parents got divorced when i was 11 too um you know I, i remember them fighting a lot um and they would tell us like to go in the basement you know, and I was smart enough at 10 to kind of yeah. know what was going on, you know, because you could hear him arguing upstairs. And, and again, if oh, my parents yeah. listen to this, oh, like, yeah. I love them. I have great relationships with them now. They did the best they yeah. could at the time, man. But like, I had to grow up fast. And so I, I think the pressure exactly that I put on myself kind of kind of led to a lot of the stuff. But but ba- yeah, back in those days, man, like in the 90s, like, um, you know, as a dude, like you didn't want to talk about your feelings. You know what I mean? Like I could talk about stuff with my parents. And I have a good relationship with them now, but, um, but I'm not, I appreciate the kind words, Caleb, but yeah, I'm not afraid to talk about it now because I want whoever listens to the show to know, like, you know, don't be afraid to talk about your feelings and don't be afraid to go get help, you know? And for some people, maybe it's not talking to a therapist. Maybe it's doing what you guys do. You know, it's, it's writing some angry riffs or it's, it's, it's putting your heart out on a song. Um, For somebody like me, who's not a musician, like, these conversations are really therapeutic and cathartic because I get to learn about artists and the listeners get to learn more about you guys, not just fans of your band, but maybe people who listen to the show. And so it's important to be open about it. And I think we're starting to turn that corner as a society where I believe, especially as men, it's, you know, more people are discussing these things, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in the music industry, like people don't realize like how much emotion and how much like, drive has actually gone into the music because you're just hearing the music as a final product like everybody like take jester bennington for an example like when he died and he killed himself that was like oh shit dude listen to all his lyrics all of his lyrics are talking about suicide and you know wow I, i i walked right past that like i don't know how many how many friends of mine were like well yeah you know now that I look back at his lyrics, man, it was, he's been in a dark place for a while. I'm like, yeah, he's been in a dark place for a while. <laughs> did you not listen to the song? Did you not get the message that he's 100% trying to convey? <laughs> it may, Yeah, and it makes me sad, man, because, um, you know, and like, you know, that happened. Um, gosh, was was it like that was 2017, I think, right? It's been almost yeah. five years. And it's it happened, been, I think, a, a couple months after Chris Cornell, um, you know, w- died, you know, killed yeah. himself. In, in D- I think it was after a show in Detroit. And, um, you know, yeah, man, it, it, it bums me out that um, th- that when, when that happens, whether it's a, a singer or a musician, you know, people that we look up to, it makes me sad when, when, when people get to that point where they feel like that's, there's, there's a point of no return. You know what I mean? Even after you've built like 
this much stuff and you've sent so many messages to so many hearts uh still just never enough man for some people i i guess i guess the one positive with guys like that or or like chris cornell and i think even what you what you guys do man it doesn't matter if you're a band on the come up like like promises unsaid or you're an established band like like lincoln park i think one of the most beautiful things about music that i really appreciate is that it's timeless you know exactly. what i'm saying like in the that's, year 3000 especially with technology like that that's a tricky exactly thought but like Somebody could still press play on a Promises Unsaid video on YouTube, right? Yeah. Listen to us on Spotify or something, you know? Yeah. So that message can get conveyed like 7,000 years down the line. I mean, if technology still exists. But regardless, you know, we're still listening to Chester Bennington's voice as he's deceased. We're still listening to Queen 20 years later after Freddie's, Freddie's deceased, you know? Like that stuff is crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's timeless, man. I mean, so for you guys, um, you know, as we're talking about mental health and stuff, what, what are some, some thing, and obviously everybody's different and, and you guys can, can share as much or as little as you want. Obviously I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but, um, what, what have you guys learned about yourselves in, in the struggles that you have had? Alex, I think you were saying too, your, your parents got divorced, right? Um, oh yeah i mean that's and that's the thing is so many of us can share so many similar stories you know of like what you said you know whether it's different places different environments different uh locations as to where anything may have happened you know uh we all grow up where different things affect us differently but when you grow grow up in a household where you know there is trauma you know, it's hard, it's hard to talk about these things sometimes. And so, you know, and and you think about too, the fact that like, you know, your parents, our parents, that past generation and stuff like that was kind of taught the same thing to like kind of suppress themselves, uh, just keep working, just keep doing your, you know, your thing and uh, never talk about it though. Uh, but once, once we kind of, as a society started to talk about these things, it was just kind of an eye opener of everybody kind of realizing that even people that didn't realize that they felt alone felt alone yeah everybody's human so you know yeah it's uh going through going through things of whether you're going through you know change as a especially as a you know even as adults we're you know we're adults here and but yet we're still children we were we were children at one point that all we've done is matured learned from the life that we've experienced and you know uh we gotta get to a point to where like even though we are uh all going through these things you know it's it's something that um you know how do we fix that yeah how do, how do we fix it uh but and do, do we fix it by just simply letting it be and continuing to suppress it or do we just simply Take actions to move forward? simply talk about it share our experiences with with others uh you know, we, we grew up seeing what it is that our parents did. And, you know, like you said, you have a good relationship with your parents. I have a good relationship with my parents as well. You know, even though they were fighting as well and they've had their hard times and everything. And I saw it, uh, you know, we, we can't, we're not, we're never going to change or we're never going to be better if we continue to just 
let those traumas impact us rather than just realizing, okay, why did those traumas happen in the first place? So, you know, we move, that's the thing about us with, especially like Promises Unsaid, why it was kind of so appealing to me. Like he said, I saw him day in and day out coming in. And even though he was going through all this drama and, you know, as we got to know each other more as the human beings, seeing that he's gone through things in his childhood and uh, just growing up in general, uh, we're all just trying to maintain. And something like this is like a, was an outlet for us to just simply, you know, try and deal with these depressions, anxieties and uh, stuff like that. So that's the biggest thing for us that we just want people to understand is that, you know, we, we all got something that we're going through, but we're all just simply trying to do the same thing. And that's trying to do our best. And uh, more or less, we got to get to a point where nobody really knows what the right or the true right or wrong thing is about anything. We just have to, okay, this certain instance happened, what caused it to happen? And okay, what can we do to not let that happen again? You don't want that outcome. What led to that outcome? Not what happened afterwards it's how did you handle it afterwards what did you take from it and uh that's a lot of like what this album is and what growing pains especially was you know it's just uh this is what we're we're kind of going through and just want to simply talk about it and this is what we enjoy to do at the same time and we're just happy that others enjoy it as well what what uh before i let you guys go um because i know we're a little past 8 30 your time and again i don't want to hijack your whole friday night so is this cool if we hey, go a little yeah, bit more yeah we're fine brother i pre- and sure. again i appreciate the time a lot caleb and alex i'm really enjoying this man um of course so for you guys um what what are some of the things and again you can get as is you know personal or not personal as you want to get what advice would you give to the listeners? Obviously, every every human being is different. All three of us are different. We've obviously been through our, you know, we've got our skeletons in the closet and, the, you know, our inner demons and things that we've experienced. But what what are some of the things that have worked for you guys as you've worked through your mental health uh, issues or childhood traumas that you feel like you you could pass on to somebody else that might be beneficial to them? So what I would say is, I don't know. I do like a lot of like retrospective thinking and stuff like that. So like no one else will ever live your life. You will only have one life to live that you know of because, you know, nobody knows what happens after death. So that's up in the air. We're not going to talk about that because we all have our own views at that. But regardless of that, you only have one life and this life you will wake up every single day through your eyes, in your skin, in your body, and you have to live with it. So why not make it the best that you can absolutely make it? And that doesn't exactly mean too that, that like, you know, you got to like wake up, like wake up every day and go out and live to the fullest. No. But just whatever it is that you're doing day in and day out, because we all have our own day in and day out routines, whether it's drinking coffee when you first wake up or whether it's, you know, putting on putting your slippers on the side of the bed to the right or to the left before you go to sleep. You know, we all have our own day in and day out routines. But just the, the simple fact is, is that we all are just simply living 
a life and i can say like what he's trying to convey is myself is like you know you you only got one life to live and i did the same thing you know suppressed and suppressed and never never did anything with it but at the same time constantly said why is nothing really ever happening uh for my life and then until i actually started pursue like taking action that did anything actually start to happen for you know something like this as a musician especially to other musicians anybody that happens to be looking that is kind of having that same thought of like why is nothing really happening well you gotta take a second and realize like you know are you being 100 honest with yourself as well and are you really doing so like the footwork so to so, so to speak are you actually putting in the effort or are you just simply creating something or messing around with something and then throwing it up there and expecting a handout you know we, we you even like we've talked Facts. we've talked about is like you know you're you go through and you you see all these people that you think or they say like overnight sensations no they're not overnight sensations they are however old and they have spent however long in their life trying to get to even that moment that you're seeing them have their come up right you know whatever grind it is that they put in beforehand there's got to have been some practice time you don't know the practice time that they put into it you don't know who they've either talked to not talked to or uh what they've either you know and like you said you know we all have choices and consequences and everything so if you literally sit there and you do nothing then nothing will happen from it but if you do something something could happen from it's like we have just been talking about recently you never know who's listening you never know who's watching so you just if you just simply do what it is that you enjoy doing then you know who knows what can come from it. yeah that's that's a great perspective man you know um i and i think uh I think I saw Shaq put that on Instagram one day because and, and it's weird how the universe gives you messages at different times. You know what I mean? Because like I look at my yeah. downloads and stuff like that. And like, you know, obviously you you want them to be higher and stuff. But I'm also like I've seen I've seen it slowly build up. And and I just saw something from him one day on Instagram. And he, and he just said, like, and obviously, I mean, it wasn't to me. I didn't get a DM from Shaq. You know what I mean? That would be dope. Yeah, but, but Shaq. <laughs> but he, he showed or instagram algorithm said it was for you <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so he he put a he put a post up that just said hey whatever it is that you're doing like it was basically like uh you know keep doing it because you never know like like you said alex you never know who's listening or watching you know what i mean so yeah. you know do it well, exactly you never know what the the amount of hours that went into somebody's practice time or anything before that you are always going to be somebody's hero somebody it's the bottom line you are always going to be somebody's hero if you just have a solid dedication and work ethic to you. Because somebody's going to look at you and say, that guy did it. I can do it too. And that is gold. For sure. Well, before that right we there ra- means you've made a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, Caleb and Alex, and again, thank you so much for your time, you guys. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, just, just staying on that, I, I would like to say, like, what I love about listening to your guys' music, and, and I feel like it's just something, just just as a fan of heavy music, I, you, can, you can pick up on things. Like, I feel like you guys took your influences, made it your own, and when I listen to the record, I don't, I don't, hear, I don't hear a band that's trying to sound like anybody. 
I hear a band that has elements of, of their influences, but I feel like you guys are really making the music that you really love to make. And that's what I geek out about. Like when I listen to a band and I'm like, Oh, these guys, like they're, they're probably their favorite band. Like they, they, they probably yeah. listen to these songs and like, <laughs> that's a lie. fact, bro. <laughs> you know, listen to our own tracks yeah. on repeat. That's a fact. That's literally like all I've been listening to lately. Cause we've been trying to write this album and stuff. So like, I've been listening to all our instrumentals that we got for it. Cause we got a vocal lesson or we got a vocal recording trip coming up March 5th to lay sound down some vocals. But the next album is like, I'll leak it now, but you know, the next album is like completely 100% done instrumentally. We just got vocals to lay on it now, but yeah, it's just like, for me, from since day one, me starting a band, I was like, I want to be that bridge band that gets people into the heavier stuff. Like they don't, you know, gotta like my heavier stuff, but you know, maybe they could take in like an influence of like, the clean vocals and then you know the heavier stuff that i do throw in there that'll branch them out into the rest of heavy metal music i've always dreamed of being a bridge band you know what i mean that's what i call it at least is a bridge band and yeah like, and your guys's catalog gives people that yeah that's kind of that's kind of what i hope for at least like people at least take that home for yeah from bottom line though i think for us though is like I mean, when we're writing, we just simply we it's something that we just love to do. And so we just get together and we're like, OK, like uh, for mind play, for instance, you know, we just we had something presented to us and it just spoke with us and we ran with it. And we were just like, oh, man, that sounds like, oh, I got something. I, I hear something. Well, let's see what happens. And then we just sit down and we do what what it is that we love to do sing play guitar and yeah. just write and uh, yeah and i feel like a lot of like local bands model their bands after the bands that they're into so then that infatuation of the band that you're into or band or bands that you're into just ends up being your sound you know what i mean so it's just like all right you guys kind of sound off like sound like the knockoff version of this band here or you know vice vice versa and i've always just wanted to keep it like 100 percent like original like i want somebody to listen to our track and go back to another promises track and be like dude these don't even sound the fucking same like <laughs> these guys got such a fucking wide wide variety of like sound stuff and like obviously like after you put so much out there some of your stuff sounds similar you know because you find out what your writing style is but if you keep it 100 percent from the heart then that's music man for sure well before i let you go i i do gotta know this i gotta know the smoothie king story if you're willing to share it because <laughs> i watched that video and i'm like All right. i'm like yo this is definitely the first video where i've seen a dude using Screaming. smoothie as a mic <laughs> yeah. man i'm like this is I'm like, is this smoothie core? We've got like, you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> we've heard that so we've many heard times. That, actually. Yeah, I'm, I, I almost thought like, I was like, I don't know if they've heard that before, but I'm like, that could be kind of like a funny, ironic shirt. Like you've got like all the merch up at the, at, and I'm just picturing like a pink shirt and it's got like a cool promises logo on the front. And then the back, it's just like hashtag smoothie core. Go ahead. And use <laughs> I don't know if it'll sell or not. But, um, but yeah, I got to know that. I got to know the story a little bit about smoothie. Uh, king, man. 
Okay, so like the story of Smoothie King, it was me. So the Smoothie King instrumentally is actually one of the, one of the songs that I have I actually didn't record for guitar. That was actually my guitarist Jaden and my drummer at uh, drummer Adam, or that did it, and and Randy and, and Randy, our producer puts in stuff too, but. Uh, our guitarist Jaden, he loves Smoothie King. Smoothie King's actually like a branch out towards like like NYC. It's like uh, you, it's pretty much the subway for smoothies. <laughs> so he loved loved that, and he came back, and we had just finished recording recording it, and we're like, "What are we gonna call it?" We're like, "I, I got I got no clue." And Jaden had just returned from the bathroom. So we were like, oh, let's call it Smoothie King Explosion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that was the name that went. I was like, all right. Now, because like after a while, like the trend set it in, set in for the band. We just started calling the song Smoothie King. I was like, all right. We just keep calling this song Smoothie King. We're going to call it The Smoothie King. That way we don't get any like, you know, trademarks or whatever, <laughs> if that, that is a thing. We're just going to call it The Smoothie King. That way, you know, it leaves it completely wide open. And then we had set in the plan, the music video, and we had planned the music video for a two-day shoot, or actually a three-day shoot, because the first two days were growing pains, and then we were going to shoot smoothie king at the skate park um that sunday so we did and we we're like what are we gonna do for the music video we we gotta have like 100 percent homey my homey vibes for this because this song is all home homey based like we gotta have all of our buddies there and we got as many people there as we could but obviously we could have made it bigger if you know covid wasn't such a thing like because i get that I hear that a lot is like, oh, this, this video is sick, but I just wish there were more people like around the, around the bowl and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it was also COVID. I didn't want to get shut down. I'm freaking shooting a music video in the middle of a skate park. Yeah. <clears throat> so the smoothie for me singing into it actually was just because I forgot a mic. <laughs> that was, that was the whole reason. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot a mic, and I was like, "All right, well, what's what's funny? <laughs> it's called the Smoothie King. I'm gonna grab the freaking bullet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sing it into the bullet." Yeah, because we were actually like just giving out smoothies to anybody that actually came and nor and normals that would go to this that mm -hmm. particular skate park, and uh, we just they were, set up shop. Yeah, there we just set up shop, and there were you know younger generation, younger kids, and stuff like that that were just like, "Oh, what's going on over here?" And we just, we were just the band chilling, trying to, you know, shoot this. But yeah, he just, we, he was giving out smoothies and just. <laughs> yeah, giving out smoothies left and right. We had uh, burgers, hot dogs. It was a vibe. So, so yeah, it was just, it was just what a shit. You forgot it, Mike. What are we going to use? And it's just, I'm going to use a, I'm going to use a smoothie from, uh, go do it. <laughs> that's, that's why. It, that's all we got. Just do it. That's, and then like, we're just like, all right, let's let's just make this like because growing pains was just so serious like that's our most serious music video to date we're like what can we do polar opposite than that that's homie vibes like let's just make it a meme 
let's see how many cameo how many cameos we can throw in there how many easter eggs that we can put in there because if you actually watch it it's just a hodgepodge of videos that we took that day and uh you'll see me in the background like jamming out on the guitar jamming out on the guitar on my skateboard like with my skateboard or you know i'll be in the back jumping up and (laughs) jumping up and down there's a one dude with a baby there's a one day dude with a baby holding it like a simba (laughs) yeah it was just basically whenever we showed up we were just like what are we even gonna do what are the stupid things we could do right now (laughs) and then basically our videographer who you know we've been shooting with several videos he was just like "Eh, we're gonna just literally hit record and so like from the the start of that video of us carrying on gear was literally just all right he we he was yeah slap together in one how many how many shots line. can we just just mesh up into make making this video? And again, luckily he forgot his microphone, or else that would have never that would have never happened. Yeah. Plus, you know, but. I'm just like so over and over the like every band doing some warehouse video, super high quality with like cool lights and audio effects, like it's overplayed nowadays you know what i mean like why not instill some of my personality into the music video and you know actually like make a vision instead of doing the same thing like warehouse music video (laughs) you know yeah i mean name how many how many bands can you name that have done um uh metalcore warehouse video a bunch Okay, how many can you name that was done at a skate park while the dude was singing into a smoothie? <laughs> right, one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a happy accident. I feel like that was the universe smiling on you that you forgot your mic that day because just with yeah. the name of the with the name of it being the smoothie king. And and honestly, I think the humor thing is cool because I think uh, you know, like I love Kill Switch Engage and Adam D is like the biggest goofball in the world. Like he wears yeah, a cape yeah. on stage and stuff. Like it's you're having fun. You're you're playing what you like to play. Like exactly. you know, and I not taking yourself too seriously in life in general, I think is important. Like in Foo Fighters over the years, same thing. Like Dave Grohl, like I mean, the dudes the dudes a character, all those guys in that band are and like they've had a lot of music videos over the years that weren't serious and we're funny and but you know that doesn't mean you can't go out and just slay you know sixty thousand people with your with your songs either you know what i mean exactly yeah i think that's cool like like bill murray like i don't know if you've heard of bill murray like johnny frank's project from uh attack attack i've not no he memes the hell out of himself dude like all of his like his last release was called 400 pound back squat like (laughs) (laughs) Like every single track is like he like he didn't even care about the name of the song. But if you listen to the song and the lyrics, you're like, dang, dude, I felt that. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I've always just like taken it. I like putting my per- our personalities on the track because like all three of us, all four of us are all a bunch of goofballs anyway. Oh, yeah. So like, ugh. why why put on a front, you know? Yeah, this for sure. For sure. That's definitely one thing that I've learned is like, be yourself be 100 percent, 100 percent version of yourself you know nobody else is gonna nobody's ever gonna be you so for sure man be yourself 
Well, Caleb and Alex, I, I really appreciate this, man. I know I've kept you guys for an hour and a half, and uh, I'm really grateful for the time. I love what you guys are doing. This is going to be out right before Mind Play comes out. So for people listening to this, it's going to be out. It'll be this Friday. It'll be February 25th. Um, and, and, and even in that one, you know, you, you, you know, everything that we're talking about just to tie it together, you know, that, that song lyrically is, is, you know, for people like us who get stuck up in their heads at time. And a lot of people I think are going to be able to relate to it. And as you guys are alluding to, and again, I don't want to be the one to spill the beans and give it away, but (laughs) if you're a fan of promises unsaid, I think you're going to like this one, but I also think you're going to be very surprised like from the first second of the song, it sounds very different from what they've done before, but I really think it's a great evolution for you guys. And that combined with the video, I'm I'm really excited for you guys. Genuinely. I think, I think um, I'm I'm a fan of your catalog. But uh, when I listened to that, not long before I um, was 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 doing this with you guys tonight, man, I was like, I I, I really I, I kind of I, I listened to it like at least twice, maybe three times. I was just like, whoa, like this this is a this is a left turn, but at the same time, it's an evolution of what you guys are doing, and I really think it's got a lot of potential. So I'm I'm putting the good vibes out in the universe for you that it's an awesome release because I Thank I really you. think the kids are going to dig it. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the kids are going to enjoy it. Well, I'll give you guys the last word, man. Uh, plug anything you want to plug. I'll put the links in the podcast description, but uh, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, PromisesUnsaid.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at PromisesUnsaid. Facebook at PromisesUnsaid. TikTok at PromisesUnsaid. Twitter at PromisesUnsaid. Pretty much anywhere at PromisesUnsaid. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Apple Music, Spotify, yeah. YouTube. Apple Music, Spotify, all at Promises Unsaid. Amazon, it's all there. Awesome. Google, you can Google, Google us. You can find us anyway. Well, Caleb and Alex, thanks again, you guys, so much. I really appreciate you giving me an hour and a half of your time. I appreciate course, you working brother. with me through the Zoom issues at the beginning and uh, my, my occasional ranting on the show. Hopefully, I didn't talk too much, but uh, I really I'm enjoyed this, right, and, I, and I love what you guys are doing, man. Hell yeah, we love what you're doing, man. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. You're welcome. It won't be the last time. And, and when that day comes, we'll put it out in the universe. When you guys come to Nashville, man, I'm going to be there. Oh, big bet, dog. Oh, big we'll be bet. there soon, hopefully. Yeah. We're trying Sweet. to plan a tour for June, so. Yeah, no you promises. guys got a show in uh, in, in April set. scheduled for with uh, the Bunny the Bear, right? That's the, the first spring show that's scheduled. Yep, first spring show scheduled for Bunny the Bear. Uh, then we're also playing a festival with a Skylit Drive and Impending Doom in Jersey. And then uh, I think we might have a couple here and there shows in between. But we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. Nice. Well, thanks again, you guys. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, thanks again so much for the time, fellas. I really appreciate it. You too, brother. Hope we can do this again soon. Hell yeah. Oh, I'll definitely get you back on for sure. I'm a man of my word. All right. Copy. Dope. I expect that then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Later. Thank you. All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Caleb Reynolds and Alex Brett of Promises Unsaid out of Binghamton, New York, y'all. Make sure you go check them out over at Promises Unsaid on Instagram, and the website is promisesunsaid.com. The links will be in the podcast description for this episode. 
Caleb, Alex, thanks again so much for your time, you guys. I know I kept you a little bit over. I know I had some audio issues in the beginning just connecting with the Zoom in the first place, and I appreciate your guys' patience with that. But most importantly, I appreciate how open and honest and vulnerable you guys were with me on this podcast. I appreciate the kind words that you guys gave me both during and after our conversation. That really means a lot to me. It, it just lets me know that um, you know when, when you get that, that feedback from people that you're on the right path. And so I really appreciate our conversation, and I appreciate what you guys are doing in Promises Unsaid. And again, man, for anybody out there who struggles with mental health, um, you know, I've talked about it uh, more and more as, as I've continued to do these episodes because I want to be open and honest with listeners of this show. And I felt like I couldn't do that unless I explored those darker parts of myself with everybody as well. And so I hope that when you guys hear these conversations, you know that you're not alone, that there's people who have gone through similar things. I think all of us at one point or another are going to go through a heartbreak in our life, uh, our lives uh, or, or multiple heartbreaks, unfortunately, in my case, you know, and hopefully uh, I've seen the last of them um, or, you know, like Caleb and Alex, you know, you know, talking about divorce and just all these things that, um, you know, when you really sit down with people and you get to know them, you realize that we have more in common than we think. And again, I wouldn't wish heartbreak or divorce on anybody, but um, when you explore these topics, it, it lets you know that you're not alone. And, and I hope it lets all of you listening know that um, that you share these things in common potentially with people out there who you don't even know, like myself or like Caleb or like Alex. And, you know, for me, music has always been a form of therapy even though I'm not a musician, I love heavy music. I've loved it since I was a little kid, since I got my first Metallica Until It Sleeps EP that my mom made me take back to the store the same day because of the swearing. And I was nine years old, and she didn't want me listening to that kind of swearing stuff. But uh, but it's always been a form of therapy for me. You know, the Untouchable Records, uh, the, excuse me, the Untouchables record, rather, from Korn, to this day is one of my favorite Korn albums because it came out in 2002 in between eighth grade and freshman year high school for me. And that record got me through a lot my freshman year, just transitioning from, you know, a junior high where I was pretty well respected and and was in good standing with everybody to then just kind of being another face in the crowd in high school and dealing with some identity stuff as, as far as how people saw me and sports and you know, things with girls that I had crushes on that, that, you know, I wasn't getting that love back. You know what I mean? Like that corn record got me through a lot, man. Music has always been a great form of therapy for me. And that's why I have so many musicians on this show, because it really is to me, it's like another sense, you know, and, and even though I'm not musically inclined and I know you guys are probably getting tired of hearing me say that you're like, we know Mike, you say it on like every show. It's, it's always been something when I, when I put my headphones on, man, I can, it just takes me to another place. And what I really love about Promises Unsaid is they've had their ups and down, uh, downs as a band and had member changes and gone through that stuff like, like a lot of bands do. But uh, they're still here, still making music, and they're vulnerable in their lyrics. And I really mean it when I said towards the end of the show to, to Caleb and Alex that I, I feel like these guys have done a great job of taking their influences and, and, and coming up with their own sound. You know, there's an authenticity to what they do. And Hopefully you guys heard that in the conversation. So once again, please go follow Promises Unsaid on Instagram at Promises Unsaid. The website is promisesunsaid.com. I want to say thank you again to Audrey over at Breakout PR. She's awesome to work with. If you're a band out there that's looking to get more press or you know looking to you know expand your digital footprint, 
make sure you go check out Breakout PR. Audrey's awesome, and I really appreciate her having faith in this show and um, helping get these these conversations set up to give to all of you guys. And last but not least, I want to thank all the listeners, man, of this show who um, are people, some of you I know, I love you guys, um, to my family, my friends. My mom's probably my biggest supporter. I uh, love you guys. And, and to everybody that I don't know who listens to this podcast and in other countries and stuff, man, it still trips me out when I see the downloads coming from other places. And uh, it's really humbling. And um, it's just cool to know that I, I have like a positive reach with people. And it's cool to see the, the podcast grow, to see the Instagram grow. And, um, you know, for me, it's not so much about the numbers as it is about the, the you know, the connectivity of it all. That's really my goal is to to turn my pain into something positive and, and to, to go to these dark places in these conversations in the hopes that it inspires all of you guys to turn the negatives into positives in your own lives, you know. And so, again, if you're out there struggling from a mental health standpoint, I'm going to put up some links in the podcast description as well that I've shared before where you can get some help. Please don't be afraid to get help, and please do not give up on yourself. There's people that love you. We love you here at March 4th. And I want you all to to just pursue your dreams and be the best versions of yourselves and discover what it is you are here to do with your life in the time that we all have on this on this uh, this ball floating through space, man. You know, our, our time is really limited. And uh, this was just a really uh, a, a great conversation with these guys. And um, it's just been a great weekend for me personally to recharge, especially after just a tough year. And I just think... Uh, I'm a little bit more introspective than maybe I, I normally even am um, just just because of everything that I've gone through. My birthday's coming up, and you look back on, on the year that you had and, and what you want out of the year to come, and it's crazy to think that we're almost two months into the new year already. But, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of positive uh, positive vibes in this one. So, again, I hope you guys dug it. Thanks again, Caleb and Alex, and, uh, yeah, man, I hope everybody keeps on trucking, man. Don't stop chasing your dreams. Don't give up on yourselves. See the the good in people. Know when it's time to walk away and, and start a new chapter for yourself and your life. And again, just don't give up. Do not give up. There was a, a quote from Nikki Six that really stuck with me that I'll leave y'all with, which is, you know, when you quit, you get what you get. You know, so don't give up on yourself. Do not give up on your dreams. Don't think they're too big to chase. And uh, stick with it, man. And again, stick with Promises Unsaid. I really think you guys are going to love Mind Play. That is out this Friday, February 25th. The music video is sick. The single is sick. So stay tuned. I love y'all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Caleb and Alex from Promises Unsaid, here is the song BPD off of their album, Growing Pains. Peace. I'm on the verge of trying to 